everybody. So we're so excited today. We are here talking all things Disney and our next animated uh, classic canon that we're talking about is Moana. And uh, this is our ninth uh, film or 10th, 10th film that we've done, I, th I believe, uh, in this series. And uh, I am Rachel and Stanford is here. Hi, Rachel. How's it going? Yeah, thanks so much for joining me. Talk about Moana. This this film was so exciting for me because I love Polynesia and Hawaii so much. It's a really special thing for me. And so when I heard that they were coming out with a musical by Clements and Musker, who did my, you know, did The Little Mermaid, which was just everything to me as a kid, uh, and have it be set in Hawaii. <laughs> Yeah. I was very excited. <laughs> oh, seriously. I mean, it's the whole, the whole project was just, yeah, had, had me excited from the second I heard about it too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Were you at D23 when they announced it? Yeah. And uh, it was so, and then just to, just to hear about the creative team and all the different, you know, people involved. Uh, holy smokes. This is so cool. And and uh, yeah. and just just that Ron and John got to do another movie, uh, I just that that just you know still makes me smile. <laughs> I'm so happy that they got to make another movie, and it's a really good one. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, what was your first uh, overall? You know, your first initial response to the movie? Well, when I saw when I saw it in the theater on opening weekend, I was. I was just wowed. I, I just thought it was beautiful and, and just another solid movie from Walt Disney Animation Studios, which just made me so happy. But just, I, I think I was really bowled over by the uh, beautiful representation of Polynesia and how respectful they were of the culture. I, I, uh, I you know, I just, I, I just really love that. Yeah, me too. I, when I, my response when I wrote about it is, uh, I said that, uh, I, I talked about my life experience and how much I love Hawaii and everything. So I don't think my life experiences experiences are essential in appreciating the film. It's just great is a great Disney movie that I think everyone, young and old, should experience in the theater while you have the chance. Yeah. Well said, Rachel. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because they uh, they took a lot of care in making this movie. And you can really see sort of the lessons they learned from Pocahontas and from Mulan uh, in, you know, crafting a culture story. And they tried, I'm sure there's still some people that still would claim it's cultural appropriation and still not be happy. Sure. But I think they, they tried as hard as they could to really uh, make this a, uh, a respectful and yeah. uh, something that the, the Polynesian people could be proud of. And yeah. including casting people from that area mm -hmm. of the world as the voice yeah. cast. Yeah. Every voice except for one is uh, is from Polynesia, and yeah. you know, 
Hawaii, New Zealand, you know, just, uh, yeah. and then, um, the only one is it's Alan, uh, and I always forget how to pronounce his name, Tudjik or Tudjik. Oh, Tudjik, yeah. But that's and just he, the chicken, though. So. He's the voice of the chicken. <laughs> Which, you really would call it a voice. He's just doing the chicken sounds. Although, so I watched the, this for this round, Rachel, I watched the, the um, digital copy I have but with, with the director commentary. I'd never watched the Oh, director good. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so that was really that was really fun, and they they pointed out Ron and it's just Ron and John, yeah, talking. Uh-huh. They pointed out one other voice that Alan voices, and it's actually it's one of the Islanders who wants to eat. Hey, hey, <laughs> and he just has like oh. one line or something, and they were joking like, "Yeah, this is Alan Pigeon too." <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have the art book, and uh, one oh, of the yeah, things they talk too. about. Yeah, in the art book, they talk about this idea of this oceanic story trust. Yeah, they remember that up. Yep, that it was similar to the brain trust at Pixar, uh, but this was with all with area Polynesian leadership and whatever people, and they they put all of their decisions past this trust, and they ended up with nine uh, different versions of the movie that evolved. And they got their feedback. And uh, th- so that, you know, that's really pretty commendable to do. I thought so too, Rachel. I, uh, you know, and it was made, it made me think about our conversation a while back about Pocahontas. And yeah, just think, I think that they kind of tried with Pocahontas, but this one, they were full on, you know, we're doing the best that they could to get things right culturally. And I, I yeah. thought that it again. It just was was beautiful in that regard too. Um, yeah. The uh, one interesting thing too that I learned in the audio. Well, and I'll probably chime in with a few things about the audio yeah. commentary. But uh, the first draft of the script, they Ron and John said, was written by Taika Waititi, who oh, is yeah. from New Zealand. But you know, he's he's the director of Thor Ragnarok and uh, the Hunt of the Wilder People and uh, uh, you know, yeah. colorful. What we, do what we do in the shadows. He's a colorful, creative yeah. guy, but he's from New Zealand, and so yeah. they said that that script, that draft of the script that he wrote, was so helpful uh, to bring in, you know, a, a Islander perspective, and then yeah. I think it, it helped launch their work with the Oceanic Story Trust in such a good way too. Yeah. Well, and, and what he, was gets, so he doesn't cool. get a credit, a writing credit, yeah. but he gets a, like a thank you at the end. I noticed that when we were watching the credits. Yeah. Well, you can tell his influence, I feel like, especially in uh, Tomatoa. Like that screams Taika Waititi, that whole se- sequence, yeah. I think. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Sure. It totally makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and Jermaine Clement is in most of his movies. Right. Most of Taika Waititi's movies. So. Right. Makes sense. Uh, well, that's really, really cool. Uh, and I think they also were really smart to set it in, have a fictional character. So they're not telling a character like Pocahontas that, that is yeah. uh, a living character. Also, they have a fictional land, fictional island. Yeah, the fictional island. Yeah. 
And so that also gives them a little bit of breathing room that they're not, you know, that they can kind of claim, uh, well, this is just our own island and our own uh, thing. So I think that's smart. They also reiterated and stuff that I had remember either learning about or something in the, in some of the materials before the film came out, but that no one in Polynesia really knows why they stopped navigating for a thousand years. You know, there's also, there's, there, there's myths and, and theories and things, but there's not like a definitive answer. And so that also felt like an, almost a, a, a safe way to, to do some, you know kind of creative exploration about how that how that could work without being offensive or or just incorrect yeah and i guess tafiti is a existing lord like there is a yeah a story of tafiti yeah i think it's maui 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 of course too yeah yeah, the character so that, Mary. That's a real character. So yeah, uh, and I guess that was their original pitch uh, was to right, to, that to it was last focused on Maui. Yeah, was to was Maui uh, that they wanted to the heroic exploits of the demigod Maui, and uh, so they they that was kind of their initial pitch, and then uh, and and these these long distance voyages and. Yeah, yeah, and it becoming a uh, secondary, you know, part of the story is that these people were voyagers, and uh, so I know it's interesting to see how it kind of evolved uh, over the years. Uh, they first yeah, they, went to Laster in 2011. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's what they're saying. So, the audio commenter, 2011, and then countless iterations of the story as they were trying to figure out because that's another fun thing too that it's, it's an original story and uh again set within yeah. the framework of these myths and myths and different things but but they i think that they, that felt they had a lot of creativity with what they were trying to you know yeah portray uh it says to to kai Taka was referred to in early drafts of the film as Te Po, and that is a reference to, I guess, a Maori goddess, and uh, that was a life-giving goddess, uh, and uh, but became the goddess of death upon discovering that her husband, the god Tanae, was also her father. Maui set out to defeat her in order to bring immortality to humans, but failed and was himself killed. So they, I guess, they where they started kind of basing some of the myth off but obviously it's a disney movie so they can't have yeah. incest and stuff like that <laughs> right that wouldn't fly <laughs> but uh but it, i don't know it's, it's interesting i mean have you have you ever been to uh, hawaii or polynesia i have and i i'm with you i love hawaii oh. and uh i just i just think it's great i've been to new zealand too and i i oh, really wow. think it's that's a, that's that's a magnificent place i mean it's the Pacific Islands are special, you know, and yeah. and I, I think that's one of the many things I like about this film is that it, it captures the beauty of it. I mean, it's it's a heightened reality, and you know, the computer generated art, you know, art that they create, that they created for the film. But you still feel like you're there. It's like, oh yeah, that is what it looks like, you know. I it's, yeah. And, uh, 
I, I, I uh, thought that was, again, I mean, such, such great artistry that, that they used to, to uh, interpret the, just how beautiful it is over there. Yeah. Yeah. And they capture, I, I love just the, I love the songs, but I also love the sort of choral, uh, score i guess <laughs> that yeah uh, that yeah. they'll have that it's not actually a song maybe it has a name and i'm just not aware of it but it captures that sort of peacefulness that i feel when i'm on that when i'm in uh polynesia just the I, I even if i'm having a bad day sometimes i'll just think about it and think about the way the humidity feels and how mm-hmm. how much i just love it and uh, and i think that they capture that really really well and uh, one cool thing that they did is they have uh, lyrics for the songs, like in We Know the Way, some of the other songs. They have lyrics in English, Samoan, and a language t- called Tokeluan. Sorry if I said that name. But this is a language that I guess uh, under 65,000 people speak this language. And they so they, they went out of their what am I saying? No, this is a language that less than 5,000 people speak in Tokoloao, New Zealand. And uh, they had to uh, go to quite a effort in order to, uh, to find a, you know, to find a translator and to use this language uh, that's, that's classified as severely endangered Tokoloan language. And uh, so, you know, that's just really cool. They didn't have to do you that. You know, it's so cool. <laughs> right. And, I, I, and if I'm not mistaken, they, they translated the film, you know, they, they did a dub in multiple languages there. For the, uh-huh. I think there's one in native Hawaiian and yes. Tongan and all these, you know, all these different uh, yeah. languages. But I just thought that was so cool and that's got to be so meaningful i think for these islanders to watch this film you know based in their in their home uh it's in their language i i, I again just yeah. kudos kudos to disney i think they i from my perspective i thought they really did this one right as far as the cultural yeah. sensitivity yeah i mean if you look at the difference even as much as we love aladdin uh the difference between the uh the cultural sensitivity is is is, is yeah. huge it's huge yeah. so uh, yeah. the, so i think um comments and muscular definitely uh, progressed and learned which i appreciate uh and uh so yeah and i think that they had to have it's interesting so the music was done by a three-part team of uh of lin-manuel miranda this was his first big project after hamilton uh, yeah, so he well, actually, they were saying in the audio commentary, Rachel, John, Ron and John, when they hired Lynn, they didn't even, I mean, they had never heard of him really before. And, you know, oh. Hamilton was just still in, um, they were still it was developing it. I mean, still working on it. I don't think, oh. I don't think it, it had opened yet. And so, yeah, so Lynn really... I mean, he had done his work on In the Heights, and, you know, clearly he's such a talent. Yeah, I yeah. think you would instantly know. Yeah. But uh, they said that they had the best demo tapes 
because the, the cast of Hamilton would record <laughs> would record them <laughs> and send them to That's them. funny. <laughs> like, oh, that'd be awesome. I want to I want to hear that. And then just as a bit of trivia too, you know, Christopher Jackson, who who's the voice of uh, the the of George Washington in the original Broadway cast of Hamilton, he's the scene uh-huh. voice of Moana's dad. In, uh, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, anyway, yeah. But, uh, well, so, yeah. Lynn, Lynn he, he had not yet been discovered, which is, I mean, or, or Hamilton had not become, you know, the rocket yeah. that uh, that it is. Yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah. So they had Lynn Manuel Miranda, and I feel kind of bad for the other guys because I think that he kind of got all. I think that he got yeah, all the he attention. Got a lot of the credit. Yeah. So you know, I, I, I don't mean to sound like a broken record. However, the, in the audio commentary, they, Ron and John were talking about that too because, and they were they were pretty clear about the different aspects of the music that Opatia wrote, or you know we're going to get Tim and Mark and yeah. Tina as well. So that that so you know for listeners to to kind of learn how some of this music broke down and how different these different composers both worked together and also did some stuff, you know, on their own. So uh, didn't Ron and John uh, Opatia. Yeah. So, to, so Elpatia Fuai, sorry, I'm a, a bitch. I, I think that's nice why people don't give him credit because people are afraid of saying his name wrong. But Elpatia, his name is he, tricky. Did, didn't he do the more uh, um, localized songs, for lack of a better yeah. word? Whereas, uh, yeah. whereas Lynn Manuel did uh, How Far I'll Go and yeah. I Moana. Yeah. 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 Okay, that's right. And you're welcome. And, yes. And yeah. uh Opataya, yeah, a lot of the stuff that's almost, you know, that's more instrumental, but also it has, like you were saying, kind of some of that uh choral element to it. Um uh-huh. Ron and John were talking about how some of some of those tracks are Opataya's daughter. And uh she like recorded it in the in, in a hotel room or something. You know, they were just kind of jamming, and <laughs> they uh, were coming up with with some of these really cool, uh, uh, you know, music tracks for it. Yeah. So and Mark and those are some is, my uh, favorites. Oh, they're beautiful. They're beautiful, and it was just helpful, you know, for them to kind of spell it out in the, in the audio commentary. Yeah, that's really cool because there's uh, like Logo Tepate and there's like how We Know the Way and uh, where you get some of that more tribal feel to the yeah. songs. And I love those songs. They're I great. do too. I think they're great. And uh, Opataya is, is in a band. I believe the band is called Te Vaca. And they have stuff on YouTube too. I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty cool. It's like, just like world music. Yeah. And, uh, I remember listening to some of that before the movie came out. So it's just, I could learn more uh, about, yeah. you know, uh, him. Cause he's the one composer I hadn't heard of. Mark Mancina, I had heard before, you know, he wrote the, the, uh, soundtrack or the, you know, the additional music for Disney's, Tarzan in 1999. Yeah. Now, Phil Collins wrote the songs and then Mark Mancini did the score. And, okay. and he's done a lot, a lot of other movies too. And, and he's, he's very good. And I think, and clearly good with, 
you know, all those drums and things because he did such a great score for Tarzan too. I, I, you know, I thought, and and he was a good and a, yeah. a really good choice. And what Ron and John were saying too is that all these guys were just really good collaborators, and that would make sense. Uh, clearly, just think, wow, yeah. there's three guys with different backgrounds. You really, yeah, uh, working on this project, but that I think that together they were really able to do something. You know, really create yeah. some nice art. Yeah, that's really, really cool. Well, so let's dive into the, starting talking about the movie. So it starts out uh, with uh, the introduction to uh, the the island. Uh, it, well, actually, it starts out with the introduction of Tefiti and the story of Maui taking the heart of Tefiti and the grandma's telling the story. And I do think it's a little unclear uh why maui is taking the heart of tefiti and yeah that can be a little more clear it's because he wants the he wants to give the heart to to mankind so that mankind can create something you like know, that that's a really good question i i don't know my how i was how i thought about it rachel is that you know, Maui is the god of mischief, right? Uh-huh. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, and he was just like being naughty. You know what I mean? It was just like, oh, this this is something naughty I could do. <laughs> but I think there's more explanation in some of that, you know, of what the grandmother's giving. But I didn't really know if there was a reason for Maui other than just he was being, you know, okay. being mischievous. Yeah, I mean, but, on Wikipedia... <laughs> It says that he did it. So he says the the demigod uh, steals the heart to give humanity the power of creation. But I, but I feel like that that's a little confusing. I I I don't feel like they necessarily did a, a good job of explaining that. But the sequence is still really cool and really fun, and it uh, it's fun to have the grandma telling the story and getting more and more and more and more sort of you know dramatic and uh the you know the little kids are getting more and more scared <laughs> yeah it's, it's and, always so fun. yeah little kids there's always a cute way to start you know with, yeah. little, with a little with little baby moana and uh and her <laughs> and her and her you know friends yeah. and do you think yeah. that they purposely made Tafiti look like Moana? You know, that's a really good question. Uh, maybe. I don't, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because I think she, she looks goes, a lot a like Moana. Call. She does. Yeah. She looks a lot like Moana. Yeah. <laughs> and I figured, well, maybe that's why she was called by the ocean is because, I don't know, she's just somehow an ancestor or something or something like yeah. that. But, um, but you just basically the whole point of this is you're just supposed to learn that he took the heart and that the that it that it made the 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 islands are starting to decay because she has doesn't have the heart. So that's all you really need to take from it at the beginning. Yeah. And uh, and so then you get baby Moana, who may be the cutest thing to ever exist. Oh my gosh, she's so cute. <laughs> so adorable. <laughs> so cute by the ocean and we find out that that 
Moana has a special connection with the ocean, and the ocean is actually like a character in this movie. What do you think of that? Yeah, I thought it was. A, I thought that was a really great choice. Yeah, yeah, and they used it in such a, you know, clever way. I mean, it really it just helps in any number of any any number of ways, but it works. You know, it works in and yeah. it's used for humor mostly, but but. Um, uh, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a terrific choice, and also they they used it sparingly. I mean, it was it, clearly the ocean's always there. I mean, it's you know, it's in three fourths of the movie, right, or more. Yeah. <laughs> They're on the ocean, but yeah, but uh, I, I, it really worked for me. What did you think about it? I love it. You know, I think that they're really smart because it doesn't. Uh, it can be a bit of a jerk, the ocean. Like, it doesn't save her from everything, because that would be boring. So it's, like, unpredictable. You don't know what it's going to do. (laughs) And I think that makes it work. But uh, there's some really beautiful scenes of the ocean parting, even in this intro scene with uh, baby Moana. And... uh, and Oh, I love that. It's kind of sort of parting a little bit for her. And she gets the, the heart. Yeah. Yeah. Ron and John mentioned that uh, they were talking about why the ocean picked her. Uh-huh. And one of the reasons they gave, they didn't go into full, detail, you know, all the details about it, but it was that Moana was kind to that baby turtle. Just, you know, there just as a baby, she recognized that that little baby turtle was in distress and, and she saved it. And, and then, you know, the ocean, the ocean picks her. And that is, that is such a gorgeous scene when little baby Moana walks out as the ocean's parted and it kind of turns into that uh, aquarium you know that she can just look into a and wow they're so good at animating water can only imagine how hard that would be and I know we've seen some wonderful stuff with Pixar because I think Finding Nemo and Finding Dory it's hard to beat you know just how they how they animate the, the water but this I don't know if it necessarily took it to another level, but it's, it was its own thing, you know, because it's dealing yeah, with not with it is. not necessarily the fish; it's dealing with the humans above. <laughs> above. And, right. Oh, but it's still it's just magnificent. And again, they just—I just—you just feel like you're on the beach, don't you? And, and the way that the colors are, and the color of the water, and all the sea life, and everything—oh, it starts so so beautiful. It it really is. It's just very peaceful and beautiful and and like tactile in a, just a different way than uh-huh. in finding finding nemo so yeah i agree yeah. with you and in finding dory and i really love how they uh they have this song where you are that introduces you to the whole island to the culture and this whole yeah. opening sequence they do such a good job with uh with showing a lot of the island life with the hula dancing the pulled pork the tattooing uh the different roofs and styles of fabric and all of that stuff took effort it's really impressive oh i agree it's a terrific if it's really a terrific opening song to enter yeah with you to introduce the introducer any kind of you know, meet the characters a little bit, and and uh, and and it sets up the big part of the plot where the yeah. you know 
the uh, the chief doesn't doesn't want them, you know, no, don't go out past the reef, right? You right, right. Stand, stand, stand the island. Yeah, and the relationship between her and her grandmother is very sweet, and that's something I can really oh, I relate love to. Her grandmother. I had a, yeah, I had a really special relationship with my grandfather, so I can definitely relate to that. And uh, I also like the fact that her becoming chief is never. It's not only never questioned, it's never made to be special. It's just this, like, I love it when you have sort of effortless diversity, effortless, I guess, feminism in this case. Like, it's not a thing of like, look, this is our first female chief. Our luck, isn't this great that we're having her be the chief? It's just kind of like, yep, that's what's going to happen, and you're ready to go. And I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. That they do yeah, that. So, and then you get to know, you get to see of Moana's rebelliousness, that she wants to go past the reef. She wants to go out on the water. And uh, how do you think that they handle this in comparison to some of the previous rebellious uh uh your princesses or or heroines or heroes your aladdins your little your ariels uh your bells uh, that kind of thing how do you think that they handle moana's version of rebelliousness well that's a good question i think that they uh handled it in a way that just again seemed very appropriate for the story with with all of the care that they were given, you know, with they were using for the cultural sensitivity that we've talked about, I think that what they did with with Moana, you know, Moana sings her big "I Want" song, which is fantastic and just you know beautifully sung and beautifully animated. Uh -huh. And she goes out past the reef, and then she you know that she crashes, right? I mean, she basically just the ocean just throws her back on the on the island and i i thought it, it it brought a sense of both of realism and then also of the seriousness of it because yeah. it, it it's not the ocean i mean you know she needs to be ready in a way to go to go do this what and rather than just to be able to sail out there and not have a problem you know, yeah, <laughs> they'll go and sing, and everybody's you know, Tua's with her on the boat, and it's so happy. You know, so yeah. I thought I thought that was a really cool choice that it kind of brought yeah brought her back down to the to to uh, sea level, for lack of a better term. Yeah, it, and, <laughs> yeah, and in many ways. Yeah. In many ways, it's kind of similar to Mulan because Mulan plays ball. Like she, Mulan goes through the matchmaking ceremony. She tries to be obedient. She tries, and I think that you could say the same thing here about Moana. Moana is not trying to be a brat. She's not trying to be difficult. No. She she is pretty obedient, but when she finds out that the, the coconuts are dying, the, the, the island, you know, the people are going to be starving, people are going to be things. And then she gets basically this, this vision of the, uh, of the, the, uh, the ancestors. And she realizes that they were voyagers and that they have this legacy. Then yeah. she, she knows that she has that the ocean called her. And that's the only reason why it's kind of like, 
uh, in a way, if you were to, uh, let's say your parents didn't want you to go on a mission, you know, for our church or something, and but you felt you had a calling from God, like that sort of supersedes yeah. the parental obedience to a higher obedience. Yeah. And so I think that that makes her very likable. And like you said, I completely agree that her first attempt to to just just out of pure rebellion it fails which was really really interesting like she kind of has to be doing it for the right reasons and then she once she sees that vision of the ancestors and her grandmother has died i I think that makes a big difference also i do too and i love how that how that sequence is handled when moana moana finally goes out again into the ocean and adventure after to uh to uh you know restore restore uh um you know get the heart yeah because uh you know her her father and they've just seen their grandmother pass away and she she runs off but then her mother comes and helps her load up the bath you know some of those baskets too with things and she has her mother's blessing because her mom knows it's the right thing for her to do too and it's a subtle touch but it's a nice touch, I think, because yeah, I think so again, she's not like being that's like defiant or whatever. It's saying she's got she really does have this calling to yeah. to do it. Yeah, I agree with you. And so, what do you think? The big question is how far I'll go versus let it go. What do you think? <laughs> you know okay another, another another excellent question rachel uh, you know uh i i mean believe it or not it's kind of a tough question for me because it is a tough question i uh, i i am not a frozen hater i, I think frozen is great and yeah. I think I I can't say that I love necessarily the overexposure that Frozen got. It was kind of a victim of its own popularity, I think, yeah. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So Let It Go had a bit, there was a bit of overkill. However, it's such a great song. I, it's such a great song. I guess I like them both for different reasons. How's that? Because yeah, I feel like <laughs> Let, it, Let It Go, Let It Go is, is a fantastic, song about a person kind of taking control of her life yeah or and and uh i but i think the moana song is almost more i guess for lack of a term kind of it's it's i guess maybe more spiritual maybe more noble in the Uh uh i mean she's feeling this i think she's she's feeling these things and she doesn't necessarily know what what they are but she knows she's there's something else there's something that she she needs to do i mean the ocean's calling her and she's and she's yeah. and she's throwing through it uh i particularly love the one well, i will get to it but the the reprise of that song here in in uh, kind of the act three of the film yeah. it's i mean uh because again she's when she she figures it out and and what she yeah. you know what she needs to and what she needs to specifically yeah. do but anyway what's your take on yeah. it? Long, no. Long answer. <laughs> no it's good i it's really hard because i 
I love Idina Menzel so much and I love Let It Go and it it, it was overplayed but I don't know I don't care about that uh, and I but I think Ale Cravalho was an incredible talent oh, like I uh, amazing. She's amazing you know she was 15 when she got cast for this and they and Ron and John incredible. were saying that she was probably 16 when she was when she recorded those songs and I mean she's incredible you know the emotion that you get from her performance dude not and again it doesn't hurt that it's so beautifully animated but but wow she's just, yeah. she's so good you just you just feel it and and just that she's just got a lovely voice yeah yeah i mean i i do i think that yeah they're both technically i want songs but i think that that one is just younger and whereas yeah. elsa has just way more pain behind her song and so uh there's i think that's the difference maybe between the two is one's more aspirational one's more yeah uh yeah it's just different so Liber- uh, liberational how knows that a word yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and i mean it's really interesting <laughs> because she wasn't even going to audition at first because she thought there were so many yeah. other talented people and then i guess she did like a charity concert and an agent yeah. heard her that can be like, casting director or someone or an agent yeah her yeah can you imagine oh my That's gosh cool. oh amazing. i know getting discovered she just she just seems like the best person i, I just love her every interaction i've seen of her i have been so impressed yeah by i was this. impressed with her too because she all, all during the press interviews and stuff for moana because again she was still very young she was yeah. dark, she was just absolutely adorable you know yeah. and, hand, and, and handled herself in just such a nice way yeah and in in the Oscars when she got hit in the head, she just kept yeah. going. She just kept singing. It was yeah. incredible. It was really impressive. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's she's <laughs> she's going places. That, yeah. Yeah. And I was so mad. I thought that this. I thought these songs were way better than La La Land. I was so mad. <laughs> you know, I was so frustrated with that too. I because I I thought. I thought I clearly, I mean, I, I typically root for the Disney movie, you know, but, but, uh, <laughs> I, I thought the songs were better. I thought, I thought, I, more, do. I mean, I'm not a hater. I don't, yeah, I'm not a La La Land hater, but I definitely no, it was much better. And I think yeah. the songs were way better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we do hear when she sees the ancestors, uh, that's when we hear we know the way. And yeah. she learns from her grandma, uh, we have forgotten who we are, and the darkness continues to spread. So that's what sort of motivates her to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's such a great scene. And I love, I love the bioluminescence uh, that they use to represent. The ancestors, yeah, and and particularly we first see that when Moana launches off and you know in her boat after her grandma has died, and her and like her grandma's spirit animal, for lack of a better word, is a manta ray, and so that bioluminescent yeah. manta ray, you know, comes swimming underneath her, and 
Ugh, makes another appearance later, but it's just, it's so stunning. It was such a great creative decision. And, and, uh, that, that bioluminescence, I just remember again, when I saw that on the yeah. screen for the first time, you just thinking, this is just so gorgeous, you know, yeah. such yeah. incredible animation. Well, and I love how she says, I am Moana Matanui. You will board my boat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's so great. It kind of reminds me of uh, I am Nigo Montoya. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <My> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. The, so she has a pretty rough time of it at first. And like, like we said, the ocean makes things hard for her. It's not easy. She gets yeah. shipwrecked. And she gets tossed aside and everything. And uh, so and hey, I think hey, Pua doesn't make it on the boat and hey hey does. Yeah. And ron and john are so funny i just thought of commentary talking about that because again there were a lot of iterations because who would have been a lot cuter on the boat but ultimately they decided to put hey hey on the boat and he's, he's got some pretty key things that he does what's that did they explain why they made that choice you know In, uh... i i, I Probably, and I I can't I can't remember specifically <laughs> why, but they do talk about it because I think they were given there were multiple iterations about what you did. Because it is it's just so cute. Yeah, well, it is surprising because, uh, like in the publicity coming up, like in the trailer and there's stuff like Pua's yeah. in it quite a Pua's bit, and that. and the merchandised and stuff like that. And so when he's hardly in the movie at all, it was kind of surprising. Yeah. Yeah, they they probably say some stuff about it, Rachel, and I'm just I'm uh, I'm drawing <laughs> a blank on it. So how, I know that, I know that they you, just talk about it. Yeah. So how do you feel about uh, about Hey Hey? Uh, do you think he because he's kind of a divisive character? I feel like some people think he's really annoying. Other people think he's funny. How do you feel? Uh, I thought it was hilarious. You know, one of the things that I think is funny <laughs> about being in Hawaii is all the chickens. You know, you go yeah. to the grocery store parking lot and it's just all these chickens walking around. Yeah. And, true. and okay. so I thought it was a very funny choice to have this chicken be in, in the film. And then also for it to be so stupid. And, and uh, <laughs> it is a great job animating it. And, and uh, so it's uh, such, great, such great humor. So uh, for me, for me, hey, hey, works. What about for you? I think it's hilarious. Uh, yeah. I, he's kind of like, there's a lot of sort of stupid, uh, lovable sidekicks in Disney, you know, whether it's like your Jock Jock or your, uh, or I mean, is it, whether it's your Gus uh, uh-huh. or uh, you know, kind of characters like that that are kind of, then you have the ones that are super smart, like uh, your you know, Olaf or Genie or, or uh, Mishu are, you know, characters that are kind of wise talking and, and smart and things. And, uh, but then you have kind of the dumb ones who just sort of yeah. smile and, and are sweet and just kind of in that tradition. You could kind of say um, Pumbaa is kind of maybe in that, in that camp a little bit, kind of more uh-huh. comic relief uh, yeah. characters. And uh, so I think there's a tradition uh in uh and they're always very sweet uh the uh, abu in 
Aladdin would be another one I think uh-huh. of, kind of like that. And uh, so I think I thought he was funny. I enjoyed him, and uh, yeah. so but I know a lot of people didn't like him. So anyway, uh, so she gets to the island with Maui, and she meets Maui, and that's when we get "You're Welcome." song <laughs> yeah sung by yeah. Dwayne Johnson yeah and the thing I think that's so brilliant about this song is that I think it is perfect for a non-singer it it's just oh, about it too. has a very small range it uh, yeah. but it shows his complete personality and it's really fun uh you don't need because other songs like maybe even some of the songs in La La Land they're not designed for a non-singer. <laughs> so they feel, it feels, whereas this is made for a non-singer. Uh, it's the same kind of thing with Beauty and the Beast. Like those songs were not written for a non-singer. And, and the ones yeah. that, in the new version, the ones that were new, that were written for non-singers are better than the traditional songs. <laughs> uh, they're still not good, but they're better <laughs> to me. Yeah than the traditional songs that are meant to be sung by Broadway talent, sung by non-singers. And yeah. I, I just think they did such a good job with this of just like really monopolizing off of the rock's talents for comedic yep. talents, the warmth in his voice and, uh, and did a really good job. Yeah. I, I totally agree. It's, it's, it's a, it's a really fun song. Maui is such a, such an interesting character uh i love the tattoos yes how they move around you know and and the mini maui and and uh uh how they all you know the part of his story and such a really i think a cool narrative idea very creative and and uh uh yeah i had a really fun song that that they can get that that ends up being yeah really great because you're not just cringing like uh, who's you know the, the non-singer is singing this and they can't pull it off <laughs> or it's auto-tuned to death or something you know it's yeah. not even i mean you just, the rock the rock is aced it it's terrific yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah i agree i love the 2d and the tattoos that and i love the fact that uh i love the fact that maui is is not all that likable for a lot of this uh-huh. so you really yeah. see the growth and they give him a lot of backstory and i think he is one of the more well-developed and better written side characters and i really I, yeah in frozen and in uh and in moana i think they did a really good job with side characters mm-hmm. excellent yeah agreed so uh that's that's nice to see they're not just there for comic relief <laughs> but you certainly get some of that and uh yeah i mean like they get on the boat and well, first you know he sings a song and then they get on the boat and he's he's pretty like he wants her to just go away but then the ocean keeps sending her back and, i love uh, that yeah <laughs> they get a great use of the ocean character yeah. When, yeah he throws her in the water and then the ocean just plops her back on the boat yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean the only real like problem i have or the the definitely the worst part of this whole movie is his tweeting joke that is terrible yeah (laughs) that's 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 a bit of a groaner it's like it's it's really bad and and because 
it just doesn't it's so timely it just takes you out of the movie it takes you out of the story it's sure yeah that's really bad (laughs) but oh well i'll forgive him one bad joke and yeah uh, Yeah. (laughs) and then so the second part of the movie i really feel like it becomes almost like an odyssey type story yeah you know where uh, they they meet sort of one one challenge after another challenge after another challenge till they finally get to the end and so uh that's how i kind of see it as sort of a narrative and the first challenge they meet is the kakamura these coconut pirates uh what do you think of them well it's a i i think that's a, a really exciting uh sequence they ron and john were talking about how they were exploring different ideas you know the Hawaiians are very familiar with the menehune, which are those small little, small little, they're not necessarily dwarves, so they're just like mini miniature people that come out and do stuff at night, you know, build things or take care of their, you know, stuff. And they might, they might be a little mischievous too, but they opted to go after multiple iterations to go with these coconut people and you know that whole sequence was designed <laughs> in a way it was inspired or it's a bit of an homage to mad max fury road you should know that <laughs> yeah which is so random so it's so random but i love it you yeah, know they i guess their story artists had, had been watching it or something and it just kind of it's just an idea that clicked with everybody and and uh I, and it really feels that way yeah. And, but it's but but I think but I think it's I I think it's a fun sequence. It it keeps them you know keeps the story moving. They have Moana and Maui have to work together. It 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 uh, uh I don't know. I thought it was fun. What, what what was your take? Yeah, I mean it's 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 really random, and so it kind of takes like everything's been aside from the ocean being alive. Like it's been fairly grounded up until this point. And yeah. it, then it takes like the second half of the movie takes this real mythological kind of, like I said, sort of like all of a sudden it's the Odyssey kind of a thing. And so it's a yeah. little, little jarring for a second, but then the, I just go with it because I just want to, I guess. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, yeah, no, that's so. true. I mean, it really, it kind of goes from, oh, I mean, you know, you meet Maui and stuff kind of. Because I mean, because his shape shifting and all that stuff that he that he he can do, but but they haven't but, really uh, showed that. At this yeah, point. that's true. We, that's true. Because uh, well, cause he yeah, because he can't right because he doesn't have his his hook. His hook. But so, uh, yeah. But it's just fun, and then uh, and then they go to they're gonna go to uh, the realm of the monsters, Lalo Lalote, I think Lalote, something like yep. that and this is the realm of the monsters and i love this whole world design talk about that um phosphorescence kind of underwater world it looks really cool and really terrific animation yeah yeah, it's really fun and there and i love when he dives in and he's like i'm still falling (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a good gag (laughs) yeah that's a good gag and they're there to find Tamato, who's this giant crab, and that's Jermaine Clement. He's a hoarder, right? He like hoarder, yeah. Steals steal stuff, and, yeah. 
and he's hilarious. He's I my grandma and it took a week because she was absolutely humongous. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, what's your what's your take on Tamato overall? Overall, his um, character and his. Yeah, I mean, I I can understand why he's not for everybody because he's he's not in the movie that long. It's all it kind of seems like something similar to in the sword and the stone when madame mim just all of a sudden appears in the third act as your main kind of villain it can be, feel a little weird uh and i mean there's been other even in princess and the frog there's kind of like that they sort of meet one thing after another thing after another thing after another thing even though there's obviously one main villain in that but um uh but yeah i i think he's really funny and i really like his song and the whole like kind of i don't know david bowie kind of quality too yeah i really enjoy so i i like tomatoe it's not like one of my favorite disney villains of all time or something but i think it's fun i really like the sequence too i again and it makes sense that the uh Waititi was involved oh, yeah. with some of the creations because it really it feels like that, but also it was brilliant to capturing Clemens too. Now I'm I am not the biggest aficionado of the Fly, Fly of the Concords. I'm aware of them, and I've seen some of the their stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think that's funny, and I, I I thought it was a good creative choice. I talked to people. Who you know? I remember talking to to one of my friends who just after Milan said, "Well, Milan was great, except for that shiny scene. Yeah. That was horrible." <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was definitely and, divisive. Yeah, I could understand where he was coming from because I don't think he'd ever heard of Flight of the Concords, had no idea who any of these people were, or kind of what that humor, you know, either humor mm-hmm. or even. Not, not necessarily humor, just the style of it. Yeah. I I I get it. I, it is kind of random, but I, I enjoy it. I think it's funny. And I actually really like Jermaine Clement. If you want to hear him as another voice role, I really enjoy him in uh, the Rio movies. I think he's pretty funny. And he does, I, he, he, does he was a good addition there. to the yeah, to that I agree to that uh ensemble. Yeah. 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 And I guess he actually did a David Bowie thing for Flight of the Concords, a David Bowie homages in Flight of the so, Concords. So it all, it all makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So Maui yeah. gets his his hook after all of that, and we find out he's having trouble transforming. That's when he becomes the shark head, and yeah, yeah and we find out his backstory that he was basically thrown out by his parents and that the gods saved him and made him the demigod Maui. So he has this wounded past uh, backstory. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is, you know, again, a, a really nice moment. I yeah. think that they, again, as you, as you know, as you're saying that the Maui is a really well-developed supporting character yeah and and uh i i really i really like that too i i think the first time i saw the film i was in a way i was kind of puzzled by the sequence because it goes on for a bit you know it's a little it's a little i wouldn't necessarily say that it's long but it's not fast 
You know, they really, the filmmakers really kind of slowed things down for this for this moment. And the, this rewatch, yeah, it, it, it was helpful to to see that because I thought it was a good decision. I, I, I yeah, I, uh, I liked it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I agree. I think it really gives him, he becomes a, a very well-rounded character and it makes his decisions uh, make sense coming up. So, yeah. The, Cause yeah. they, they get up to, and I do love Logo Tepate is the sort of the song in there. And I think it's really pretty. And, uh, and I they, yeah. And they, uh, they get up to where Takai, Takai is and Takai is and, uh they maui goes up against him and gets shot down and because he can't transform well and but moana insists upon going forward and she she's uh, thinks they can do it and he tries and his hook is practically destroyed in doing it and he says without my hook i am nothing and moana says we are here because the ocean told uh, I mean, uh, she's, she's, Moana says, the ocean chose me. And he says, we are here because the ocean told you you were special and you are not. And, uh, and, and then he says, it chose, it, the ocean chose wrong. And, uh, and then Moana, then he leaves, which is a pretty, I think, devastating sequence. And Moana says to the ocean, you have to choose someone else. I really yeah. like that whole sequence. It's really, good. I did too. And she throws the heart back into the water, and yeah. and and uh, it's yeah, that's a really emotional sequence. Yeah, beautifully, you know, beautifully done. Yeah, beautifully animated, and and uh, then that's when her grandma comes back as oh, the as Ray, which is so great, and I, so great. I like I said I, I have a really special relationship with my grandfather who's passed away, and so that this part really gets to me. It gets, it gets me, uh, <laughs> and I Very love. Emotional. Yeah, and she just says, "I tried, Grandma. I I couldn't do it," and that is really, really good. And uh, and then that's when the grandma sings "Where You Are" uh, for every prize, which is great. And she says, I am the girl who loves her island and who loves the ocean. It calls me. And uh, she sings, I'm Moana. It's so good. Oh, so good. It gives me that's chills. One of, that's my, Goosebumps. I think that's my, ultimately my favorite scene in the film. Yeah, I think so. That, that, that part. It's, that, that music is so beautiful. And it's, it's, so, it's, it's so meaningful. You're just having a very emotional reunion with your grandmother. I yeah. love how they did that too. How she she does she's a bioluminescent manta ray but then she appears as as herself yeah and she's not just some she's not floating in the sky or anything she's she's a tangible and they're able to hug and and i i i thought it was was extra beautiful as far as a a kind of a, a spirit coming back and yeah. and giving you guidance scene yeah. I, I thought it was it was wonderful. I agree. I think it's really great. I it reminds me of some of the better like Force Ghost scenes, you know, in Star Wars or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or well, I, even, I love. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. After you. Um, I do love in 
I'm kind of mixed on the Harry Potter movies, but I do love in the last movie when uh, Harry goes to that uh, way station uh, and and he sees Dumbledore there. That's it's kind of I love scenes like that. They're just very like spiritual. I love them. I love them too. And in a way, it was reminiscent of The Lion King when when Mufasa appears to Simba, but a little different in that. She, uh, again, the grandma manifests herself as her own, you know, kind of her own size, and she's right there on the boat with yeah. her. I just yeah. felt like the, that that immediacy and intimacy of it differentiated a bit, and I liked it. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. And and then we get Maui coming back, and Yay. He, decide, <laughs> <That's bad. laughs> he decides he to use, it's worth fighting for. Yeah. He decides to use the last hit of his hook. Uh, and so that's when Moana figures out that Takai is Tafiti. And she walks, you see yeah. the ocean literally like part for her. And she walks straight oh, towards. Man. It's so good. Another incredible scene. <laughs> it's so good. You know, the, the ocean's parted, and then Moana's walking towards Takai in slow motion. Yeah, and uh, again, that could be hokey, or it could come across as as whatever. But it's beautiful and it's meaningful and it's paced so perfectly. I I just again another another a broken record on this one again too, Rachel. It's beautiful. I thought it was beautiful. (laughs) All these beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then that's when she puts the the heart back uh and Tafiti becomes uh herself and they have kind of a moment together and she gives Maui a new hook and uh, Moana a new boat so she can go home and then you see the islands being restored and Moana returning to her family and that's just their island has been healed yeah all of the all the plant life and everything is is is, is healthy again, and and yes, things, yeah. have, things have been righted. The wrong yeah. has been <laughs> made right. <laughs> and so yeah, and then we the last thing in the movie is uh, is we get a post credit scene <laughs> with uh, Tomatoyo. <laughs> oh, that's fine. <laughs> Saying if if uh, yeah. if it was uh, a. a his name's Sebastian, and it was a Jamaican accent. <laughs> like it much better, which is totally true. And that it's was so perfect. So well, and you know, I think you probably know this, Rachel, but Lynn Manuel Miranda's favorite Disney film is The Little Mermaid as yeah. well. Yeah. And he named he na- he had a child during the production. He's got a production baby's credit, and and he named his first child Sebastian. Oh really? Do that. I didn't know yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So Sebastian's in the is in the uh um production babies. Well, that's great. I love this movie and this was really, really fun to talk about it. I just love the music and it's been really cool to see this. We've had close to you know, over 40 animated films each year coming out these days. Uh, I mean, just so many when you take independent and even, even just the studio ones. 
I, and it's been really cool to me to see how Moana has really lasted for my nieces and they're still talking about it and they're still singing it and they're still just loving it. And, uh, and that's something that like the live action Beauty and the Beast, for instance, they liked it at first, but I don't hear them ever talking about it anymore. Uh, and I don't know it's been this is a movie that has really just it, it's it was did well when it came out but it has just I, th- I think had real uh legs to it and it's really just mm-hmm. I feel like grown in popularity grown in momentum and uh it's neat to see uh a, a normal looking girl uh and with a with sort of uh with normal features and normal things and a little bit yeah. of diversity going out there and, and just being somebody that girls could want to sing the songs and, and, and be like Moana, which is really cool. That is really, that's, that is so cool. I, I am so happy to hear that Moana, you know, it just continues on and hopefully it will just continue on forever because it's one of those, Really special films. The the uh, you know the music, the cultural sensitivity, the story is is, is so good, and it's just, it is just again as I've already said a hundred times, it is so beautiful to look at. Yeah. And uh, again, none of that stuff was easy. And and kudos kudos to Disney for for doing such a wonderful job. It's interesting to know that this was Ron and John first foray into computer animation yeah that's a good point and they had a lot to learn of course they had an outstanding team which they give full credit to but they did such a good job in in learning and harnessing the the technology to make it work so well for the story and also just to create such a such a, a lovely film to look at yeah there's not a, there's not a bad shot in that whole, in the whole movie i agree yeah i agree i totally agree so i have moana at number in my most recent ranking i have moana at number 14 so i have it very high oh yeah i have it just to deserve yeah i have snow white and seven dwarfs at 13 and i have mulan at 15 so okay yeah excellent and you know I don't have my rankings, but Moana would be up there in the in the great category, as yeah. just you know up high because yeah. it's 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 such a well done film, you know, a true classic in all in all, yeah. in the best sense of the word. All right, well, so I I did put out to my Twitter followers uh, what they yeah. thought with Moana, and I got some really great answers. So I'll read some of those. So, animated antics says another great addition to the Walt Disney Animation Studios ongoing revival, and a fitting conclusion for directorial efforts from John Musker and Ron Clements. Not to mention great characters, memorable songs, gorgeous animation, and make it another winner. Cartoon Karma says, a really solid film from Disney Animation. A lot of the modern gags fall flat. There's some narrative imbalance, and the human animation doesn't quite have the spark that they do at Pixar. But that's all the flaws I can think of without a rewatch. My favorite Disney since Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, Then uh, Eli Sanza says, best Disney movie soundtrack since The Lion King, which is saying something because I love Pocahontas, Mulan, and Tarzan. 
Uh, the Love Pirate says, my favorite Disney animation film since Tangled, fantastic cast, great directing, and it actually has a song at the story's climax, which is rare in musicals, unheard of in animated musicals. So that's an interesting point that they have. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Elsie Screen Talk says, adore it. Uh, favorite film in the Disney revival era, saw it four times in the theater. Great protagonist that provides a real fee- feeling female hero for girls that isn't an overly overtly strong female stereotype has a real body type and wonderful hair plus i enjoyed uh no love interest or villain so that's good uh lonzo duralde uh, film critic he he responded he says i wish the movie as a whole was as much of a break from the tried and true as its lead character so he really liked moana in the movie he thought it was just okay uh, uh, our friend Mark Brown, who I actually did, I've actually podcasted three times about Moana, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I podcasted with our friend Mark uh, when it first came out, uh, and he says, Best or least, or sorry, best or at least my favorite film of the Disney revival. Uh, and I so I did one with him, and then I also did one, uh, with my friend darren hoff who's a uh training to be an animator i think and we actually compared it seems odd but we compared the prince of egypt to moana <laughs> because time, yeah at the time i was doing a uh a animated tournament uh like i used to do i haven't done one for a while i'm actually thinking of doing one soon but i, I was doing an animated tournament and i had said that i like uh prince of egypt just slightly better than moana and he was like, oh, I don't, I think it's Moana's much better. And so I was like, well, let's talk it out. So we did. And so that's the other podcast. So this is my third one. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, I guess we did it again, even though this one is picked <laughs> by random. Still. <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, I, so those are some really great comments. And uh, yeah, it's a movie that I, I really, I don't know anybody that like hated it. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't either. I don't think it's necessarily a, a real uh, kind of uh, like a divisive film, right? Or one of those lightning rod kind of kind of movies. Well, maybe the level that people like it maybe yeah, varies a little bit. There, there's but, some people. Uh, there's some people who don't love it. I think it's a little generic, like Alonzo was saying, and that's fine. I get that. Uh, but I, I, it's just such a pleasant, pleasant movie that I can't imagine outright hating <laughs> yeah well and i think too just knowing about its production and the directors and 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 just know i mean it is it is special i mean it's the last film that ron and john are going to direct for disney you know yeah. maybe it's a lot of their last film that they're going to each individually direct at all you know uh john musker is retired from disney he retired i think earlier this year and Ron Clements is still there, but we don't, you know, yeah. don't know what he's yeah. working on. And right. it, you kind of—it's hard to—it's hard to even think that Ron Clements would make another movie without John Musker. No, <laughs> it would be so weird. And those two, those two kind of finish each other's sentences, you know, or sandwiches. I mean, you know, whatever you want to put it. <laughs> but uh, they—they're—they're—they just, you know, they're—they're yeah. they're a great duo, a great, great yeah. collaborative team. I agree. I agree. Uh, Next month, the reason why I'm not doing my normal number generator, as we usually do on this podcast, is because next month we are going to be doing a a two-movie month where we're going to be talking about Wreck-It Ralph 
and then Ralph Breaks the Internet. Uh, we're going to talk about both of them because that's the new movie, so we don't need to uh, um, generator. And then in December, we are going to take a break from doing the canon for one month, and we are going to be talking about Mary Poppins because it is practically canon. Uh, it's it's uh, So that's going to be really, really fun in honor of Mary Poppins Returns. And uh, so I'm really excited for that. So we actually won't be doing another, uh, we won't be doing a, a, a random drawing until December for January. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, I'm excited to talk about uh, all three of those films. It's going to be really fun. Yeah, I am too. I'm really looking forward to that as well, Rachel. I, I, I'm, I was, I guess, cautiously optimistic about Ralph Breaks the Internet. Yeah. I, well, I, I hope it's going to be, I hope it's going to be fun. And, yeah. And uh, uh, again, we'll, we'll see. I'm not a Wreck-It Ralph lover. I'm not a Wreck-It Ralph hater. Yeah. And, uh, and I, th- I thought, I thought it was a fun film. Maybe not my favorite, but it was, but it had some fun, it had some fun stuff. And so the sequel looks like, I mean, it's got such great comedic potential. Yeah. storytelling potential and it'll be i'm excited to see how yeah how it goes i mean i don't it'll i actually fun to talk to you about it yeah i actually don't hate rick ralph for me it's just average i i think it it goes right in the middle of uh disney yeah. animation for me it's like in yeah the 30s, it's in a good say. category too yeah and it's just that a lot of other people i feel like have it in their top 10 and i just don't understand that but each their own yeah and uh, i have i finally feel like i'm slowly getting on board with ralph race the internet even though i still hate that title uh but the last trailer i felt like here's some story here's some uh-huh. it looks like it's not just going to be a whole bunch of internet jokes because that would not yeah. work for me and i want a story and it looked like there's going to be more stories so uh we'll see how it is but i i'm definitely i would say cautiously optimistic like you and hopefully it'll be good yeah. and so yeah but we'll talk rick ralph and then we'll talk the sequel next month and it should be really fun so let us know what you think about moana and uh you know some of the different parts that we talked about which are some of your favorite parts of moana and uh and let us know on twitter or in the comment section we would love to know and stanford where can people find you well i'm on twitter at stanford clark and i also have a movie blog which is moviespastandpresent.com great and i'll have that link in the description section you can check it out and make sure you're following uh, the podcast at rachel's reviews on itunes and on youtube make sure you check that out and uh and give us a thumbs up if you if you watch this on youtube put in your reviews on itunes we appreciate it so much and thanks so much i this was such a fun thing to do i really appreciate it thank you thank you rachel always great to be on your podcast i really appreciate it thank you all right we will talk next month bye bye